the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arif Halaby. Hey, welcome to the show, the total financial hour. I'm Arif Halaby. Thanks for being with me. We talk about your family's finances, of course, getting out of debt, managing money, planning for that retirement date, or even while you're in retirement, how do you enjoy it? How do you make it so that retirement is something uh, that is not to fear? It's not uh, the the bastion of depression and worthlessness that you read so many articles about where they talk about, you know, retirement is this wasteland of uh, opportunity and talent. And you go, whoa, 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 wait just a second before you go on. Why would I ever want to be something or be in a place that is so miserable? So we're going to talk about a way to keep you out of that misery because it, it is important, number one, to have something to do, to have purpose. We've talked about that many times. Uh, but uh, before we get to that section of the show, I want to touch on a couple of things where I think it's going to hit your uh, retirement income because it's going to be taxed. Two things pretty important. First, the phone number, 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. Uh, Triple eight ninety nine retire. Okay, so our our financial system was built a lot. Uh, our tax system, our economic system as a government, as a country, on taxing taxable income, earned income, differently than unearned income. Really simply, let's make it clear: you go to work, that's earned income. You own a business, and you are paid as an employee or the salary as the owner of that business. That is earned income. What would unearned income be? Well, it would be taking money from your retirement accounts. It would be a pension, uh, a 401k withdrawal if you're, uh, if you're retired. It could be rental property income. It could be a, a pension from a company you've worked for many years ago, and yet today you know, you're still working, so you have earned income, but you're still receiving a pension that is unearned income. Now, why do I bring that up? It's because America is quickly shifting away from a big part of the income of the United States being earned income and a large portion of the income earned in the United States being, quote, unearned income. Now, I haven't heard this anywhere else. Maybe it's been out there. I'm not that smart. These other people are. Uh, You know, they have uh, degrees and titles and they're on three-letter networks, so that's good. Let them be smart. All I know is, look, I just try to do math and logic. I try to look at this and go, huh, so one plus one is two. I don't care if you're liberal, if you're conservative, you can scream and yell on the corner. You can be part of the union negotiating team like I was at one point where I sat down on a, on a subcommittee and a, we looked at the pension, we looked at some issues. We could say, well, they signed it. And you realize it doesn't matter. Math and logic says if there isn't money, they're not going to pay you. So... It doesn't matter what your thought process is when it comes to how, how serious you believe. 
just kind of focus on this. If you're thinking from a math and logic standpoint, like I think I, like I try to do, then I believe they're going to be taxing unearned income, which is where the retirees get most of their money, at a much greater amount than earned income. I think they're going to have a two-tier tax system. I will bet you that in 2000, uh, you know, probably uh, 2021, 2022, after the presidential election, especially if the Democrats are elected uh, to the White House and they control uh, most of government, you're going to expect them to want to control and tax you, senior citizens, simply by default because you're the ones with the money. Not because they hate you. It isn't a love or hate thing. It is because Washington and Sacramento have yet to control the way they spend money. They think the answer is to raise taxes. In doing so, people leave. Poor people stay, rich people leave. It's not a secret. It isn't like, oh, my word, why is that happening? And it isn't everybody, right? It's just enough to make a difference. It's that tipping point where it happens a little bit, a little bit, and then all of a sudden. Just like anybody who's had financial problems, they'll tell you it happens really slowly and then all of a sudden. It's the same thing. In a state and in a federal system where we're $22 trillion in debt, you understand that's, that's a lot of money, folks. It's never going to be paid off under the current system. Nobody has the will. Nobody has the desire. The president came to power and he said, if I can get 3.5%, growth, and you guys can stop spending as much, we'll increase the, the tide for everybody so the entire country will, will rise in its wealth, good. We're going to create more jobs, good, because remember, they tax earned income at a greater amount. That's how we fill up Social Security. That's how we fill up Medicare. But when more people are not having earned income, they are having unearned income, then you're going to see more and more problems in the system because there isn't money to replace what you guys are taking out as a retiree. So I have a couple of predictions. This is one of them. I'll get to another one in the second half. But my prediction here is that I think they're going to raise taxes and start bifurcating the tax system and saying unearned income is going to be taxed at a greater amount, and they'll make up some sort of a moral argument. They'll make up an argument to make you feel bad about earning unearned income. They do it. They'll call you rich, selfish, and you'll say, wow, I don't, I don't want to be selfish, and I can still make jokes about rich people. I can't make, a, make jokes about any other person, but, but gosh darn it, I can do it about rich people. That, that doesn't seem, you know, richest. What is it, racist, bigoted? What's the wealthest? You wealthest. You hate wealth. <laughs> so I, I think over time, it's their way of going to, instead of saying, well, maybe we should, let's look to the left. Instead of the right, let's look to the left and see what we see. Oh, wait, look, my gosh. It's $45 for a screw to fit on a, on a military vehicle. It's $2,000 for a hammer. Remember those stories? They haven't disappeared, you guys. $20,000 for a toilet. Remember those stories? It's still happening. Government is filled with the largest waste. Go to Washington, D.C. Heck, go to Sacramento. Pick any window inside any of those large buildings and ask what does that person do for a living 
They're wonderful people. A great grandmother, an amazing grandfather, an awesome parent. I get it. But say, what if we took away their job for six months? Would anybody miss them? Would anybody miss them? If their job didn't exist, if we didn't have to pay a hundred and something thousand a year when you had benefits and pension, and if we didn't have to do that, would, would the whole world grind to a halt? That's why the Democrat version of trying to say, you know, oh, a government stop, government, you know, shut down. And then you and I go to work. Huh, look at that. The roads are still working. Streetlights work. Police are out there. I just saw a paramedic go by. Huh, maybe this government shutdown isn't that bad. So what the, remember what the Democrats had to do on purpose? They had to go through, even though they had the manpower, and they had to start shutting down libraries. They had to start shutting down national parks. They had to start shutting down public uh, uh, areas like you know, the museums, the malls in Washington, D.C. to prove a point, to get you, to, to stick it to you, the voter. So you would say, ah, oh, I am being affected by a government shutdown. Instead of saying, okay, so what is that person? Third window from the left, second from the top. What does that person do for a living? What, what, why are they there? Again, a wonderful human being. Yes, they have a job. I get it. But what's the job do? What, what's, it, what's the purpose for them showing up every morning? Because you and I are paying for that. You and I go to work every day. And now they're going to take. They have to. There is no question, you guys. I, I guess there are other ways to tax, but, but nobody else is going to agree to it because they don't think, you know, poor people are rich. They think rich people are rich. So they're going to go after you. And you, you're going to have a guilt thing. I mean, that's what happens. People are like, well, you know, I am the most. I do drive a car. I have air conditioning and my cell phones work and I have 4,000 stations at home. You know what? I took two vacations last year. I guess I should be penalized. Thank me. Take my money. I, I guess there is a reason that I should feel guilty. Take more. And they're pretty darn good at it because they convince you that you're bad and dirty and, and ugly and mean and all the other stuff that, that they have been good at. And I think they're going to go after your unearned income. Just like years ago, six, seven years ago, I predicted that they were going to go after property tax to pay back, to, to pay the state's pension problems. They have to. There is no question. It's the only thing you cannot take from the state. It's the only thing you can. You can take your job. You can take your income. You can have a vacation home in Ventura or El Segundo, or you can have a vacation home in Beverly Hills. It doesn't matter. You can have a vacation home, but your residence is Florida or Henderson, Nevada, or Las Vegas or Tahoe or on and on. And you pay no California income tax on unearned income. You get it? As more and more middle class and upper middle class people have a secondary residence and they're not living in California for the sake of taxes, the state of California, what's going to happen? They're going to have to tax other things. And I think it's going to be property tax. And you could say, well, that's for those people because I got mine. I got mine. Prop 13. Bought my house in 72. Lived like a, a king. It's been paid off for 15 years. I got mine. Surprise. 
look, Proposition 13 isn't going to last. It cannot. Well, no, yes, okay. They're not going to charge you property tax. I don't think they'll do that. It's just going to be an assessment. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's, it's not a tax. It's a fee. Try to register your car. Well, look at the last time you registered your automobile. Car registration, what did it do? It said something very simple. It said car registration and then licensing fee. And it's about double, right? $500, $500. I registered a car recently. It was $511 and $511. You say, wait a second. The same truck that a friend of mine has in Dallas, he sends me a picture, right, just to prove it and rub it in. to register nearly the same vehicle. Oh, gosh, well, they must be driving around on miserable roads, and teachers and policemen must be below poverty wages. Uh, Nope, thank you. They're pretty happy. They're pretty happy. Now, they're politicians, remember. In a state like Mississippi or a state like Texas, or many, many other states, their state legislatures are, are part-time. They're there for a few months, and then they go. They're there for, you know, what jobs do we have to get done? What, what word we got to get done? Let's take a look. And then they're done. They go back. They go back to their work. They go back into the community. And their job is to have a job. Their job is to be a business owner and employ people. And feel the pain daily that they are creating or the benefits that they are creating. Completely different than today's career politician that go to Washington or go to uh, Sacramento and then they disappear. They get sucked into a void. And it's almost like, uh, you, you know, think of it as a fraternity or a sorority in some, some universities. You are amazing. You were accepted. No, you're amazing. No, no, no. You are amazing. And they compliment each other and they tell each other how great they are. You are fantastic. Fabulous. I said fabulous. And they they talk about back and forth. And then they say, oh, let's go back to our hometown. And then when they do, you get like Elijah Cummings that has never spent probably an hour in the rat infested area that his own Democrat slash corrupt mayor said was a rat hole. Right? Said what was infested with rats. And you go, wait, 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 wait. If somebody else brings it up that you hate, we don't talk about truth. You know, a, a popular line on the other side is, we speak truth to power. Well, God, what Donald Trump has been doing? Speaking truth to power? Because you realize that these congressmen and women, Pelosi and Schumer, they have said the exact same thing the president is saying. Months ago, 25 months, 36 months, months ago, not decades. And when he says it, you're evil, you're racist. These poor folks, right? When real racism exists, how horrible is it to do the, to You know, the boy who cried wolf, right? He just liked to see the reaction of his sheepdog that used to protect him. And so he would yell, wolf, wolf, and the sheepdog would come running to the mountains and the boy would laugh. Ha, 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 ha. He did that two or three times. And eventually the wolf, the, uh, the uh, sheepdog said, ah, you know what? He's screaming again. But I'm sure he's going to try to 
try to tease me, and I'm not going to bite. I'm sticking it here, and I'm going to go to sleep. Except it was a real wolf. And the boy and his sheep were hurt. So you have to ask yourself, how dangerous is it every single time somebody you disagree with or you cannot argue the facts with, you run around and you just call them names? Right? It's like high school. Worse, junior high or elementary school. Remember? It's not tolerated today on the school ground. And if somebody says something you don't like, you start calling them names. And then when he defends himself, right? you guys were used to, on the left, punching the president of the United States called George W. Bush and his administration, calling them all racist and racist and racist. And, and you know, he didn't say anything because he was from the main Bushes. And he was from the Kennebunkport Bushes. And they were elegant. And instead, you get Donald Trump, and he's like, no, that's not cool. And then he calls you names back, and he makes it even worse. And then, you, and then you now have to sink to a low level. So when in this little circle of people, like in Sacramento, but it's the same thing that exists in the halls of Atlanta, Georgia, or New York with MSBSBC, whatever it's called, and you, and you listen to them, what do you hear? Oh, you're amazing. No, you're amazing. You're smart. You're smart. They're dirty. They're ugly. And it's the same little circle. And when you get outside of that, folks are saying, man, did you see the price of gas the other day? Huh. Hey, hey, did you happen to see, you know, there's trash on the floor. There's homeless people sleeping, you know, in front of my building. And, and I have to step over them. Hey, did you guys see that? These guys are saying, oh, but did you see the way he looked, what he meant? And you guys go, uh, I, I, I don't, well, I guess. But. But did you happen to know that I got a new job? Isn't that exciting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but look at the way he looked. He looked and what he meant when he said what he meant, but the way that he looked. And you go, ah. It's like the, the work shark, shock test, right, when they just put out a bunch of uh, ink splot, you know, uh, blotchy things on a paper, and you say, I see a spider. You do. I see a couple that are on their honeymoon. I see a couple that's wedding. You know, and you just go, wow, how do you see a spider and I see a happy married couple? I don't know. Maybe it's you. Just saying. Because the ink spot, you know, didn't really change. It's you. So my concern as we go through this, guys, is as you are planning to retire and your income shifts, the political mood is not shifting. It's getting worse. And you are going to be considered the rich guy. With impunity, Governor Newsom thinks, and the Democrats in the state Senate and the state House think that they can pass a bill that gives illegal immigrants millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars in health care, and you and I have to pay thousands of dollars a month. Right? Mine went from $870 a month just a couple years ago to $3,240 a month. No, no, no. Not for my whole company, folks. For me. 870 to 3240 From a $4,000 deductible to today it's a $12,000 deductible. Tell me why you call that right. And other people will come in, and I'm happy for them. Arif. I used to pay $600 a month. Now I pay 198 
Good. Send me a card that says thank you. Maybe a gift card to my favorite steak restaurant. I don't know. Why would you ever think that, look, here's how it works. Financially, it's the same. Politically, it's the same. Doesn't matter. It's always the same, and it goes back biblically. Ready? When you rob Peter to pay Paul, remember that? When you rob Peter to pay Paul, you're always going to have Paul's support. Paul always thinks it's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, I think you should take from him and give to me. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a good idea. Do you think Paul's going to say no? We're going to give you this. Well, oh, yeah? Well, we're going to give you that and this, and we're going to give you extra. And you didn't even know you needed this, but we're going to give you that. When you rob Peter to pay Paul, and you can call Peter names, right? If you are a racist for not wanting to give more of your stuff, a racist for not wanting to be taxed more, you're quiet. Because you grew up in a time when a word meant something. You grew up in a time where when people said the bad names about somebody, you went, ooh, we're going to avoid that person. Because that's not cool to be that. And so when the far left uses that as a tool or as a weapon, and then they take money from you, and if you fight back, you're considered bad. Look at the time these people are robbed at grocery stores or liquor stores. And the, uh, the uh, person is of a different race who owns the store, and they shoot and kill the robber. Or a home invasion, and the 17-year-old man is shot and killed. And the grandmother comes out and says, but he was such a good boy, he didn't have to shoot him. And you think to yourself, are you kidding me? Like, why would you put that on the, on the news? Why would that person not have any shame that says, I'm so sorry that I was, I was part of the raising of an individual who thought it was okay to come into your home uninvited and take your stuff. I'm so sorry that that person put stain on our family name. We will forever be embarrassed to call out his name. That is what should be done. And it isn't. Instead, people are saying, well, you don't need to shoot him. Wing him. <laughs> Wing him. Shoot him in the leg. Right? Like the movies. Shoot the gun out of his hand. Okay, guys. Uh, no, it doesn't work. A lot of things you need to start looking at to start preparing, in my opinion, for some of this unearned income taxation that's coming. Number one, look at the Roth IRA and the Roth 401k. Consider doing some conversions. Meet with your financial planner. Meet with your CPA. Discuss what we're talking about today. Look, don't take, hey, I listened to a guy on the radio and I, and I did my own surgery. And I, by the way, I was at it. I filled a cavity. Of course not, you guys. These are ideas. These are concepts for you to go to your financial professionals. Heck, you can call us and come in. We'll look to see if we're, we might be able to help you. We are a different kind of financial professional. Our job is to keep some or part of your money safe or even all of it. Get it out of the market. We're never going to make you rich. That's not our job. Oh, Arif, that concerns me. Wonderful. Go gamble then. Maybe you'll hit it. Play the lotto. Your People are lucky. Somebody wins. That's not our job. We wanted to be great at something. And I wanted to be great at protecting your money that you have worked for for years, if not decades. I want to be great at helping you keep some or part of your money safe away from the market declines. Look, we're going to earn between 0 and 10, maybe 0 and 
We're going to have it grow at reasonable gains. We're not going to have a monthly fee. There's no quarterly fee. There's no annual fee. There's no deposit fee. If you withdraw less than 10% per year, you don't even pay a withdrawal fee. If it's a retirement account and its job is to grow and be there for you, great news, this is the right account for you. And there's a bunch of different companies. There's probably, I don't know, 10 or 12 companies. So if we can help you, reach out to us, 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847. Stay with us. We've got some ideas and concepts to help you continue to live a wonderful life in retirement. I'm Eric Hallaby. You're listening to The Answer on AM870, the total financial hour, sponsored by TFS Financial Insurance Services on AM870, The Answer. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Hey, thanks for staying with us. Eric Hallaby here. The Total Financial Hour, TFS Financial Insurance Services, talking about your family's finances, getting out of debt, managing money, planning for your retirement. Hey, 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. 888-997-3847. Hey, have you guys ever heard of a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad? Robert Kiyosaki is the author. Uh, one of my favorite authors, uh, not because, and he'll tell you, not because it's written Uh, like Shakespeare or Hamlet, you know, it's certainly not. It's written because it's practical. It's realistic. You know that it's true. You know that it's it's applicable to your life. And it meant something to me. So in the mid-90s, late night book, really transformed my life, made a big difference. Um, Some other day I'll tell you the, the whole story, but it was a big deal to me. But he talks about rich and poor people, and he doesn't talk about it as as money in their pocket, right? Rich and poor is a mindset. So if you have a rich mindset and you've lost your money because of a divorce or a bankruptcy or bad uh, illness, maybe you've gone out of business because of the economy or, or issues that have happened in world affairs. If you're a rich mindseted person and your business has declined, eventually you will return and you will become wealthy again because wealthy is money in your pocket. Rich is a mindset. Difficult to change a rich mindset. If you're a rich mindset, you can keep moving forward. You've got to reinforce it as you go, of course. But the same thing applies to a poor mindset. Okay, poor mindset, you always look at the negative. Life is always bad. You look and say, well, you know, but what if? Oh, but did you know? Well, things aren't going to happen, right? So you, so you live a life that's like that. So in the context of, and, and listen, poor people, believe it or not, are by and large the people that work in government. Because by definition, they believe that wealth is something to be taken from you, not to be allowed to be created. So because they think that they are people that, uh, in general, right, poor people in government, physical, they believe this. People should get things because... They deserve them or they earn them. They don't believe people should get things because they went through a process of actually creating wealth. See, both are subjective, deserve and earn, and they can be manipulated by any power group. Poor mindset of people are often driven by consuming of things. In other words, they think wealth is about buying more stuff. 
I'm rich, so this is what I'm going to buy. Every time I hear that, I go, oh, that's a poor mindsetted person who has temporarily gained wealth. And eventually they're going to lose it again. When you covet what other people have, that's poor mindset. Because they have what I want, they must be bad. They must be doing something wrong. Since I'm a good person and I don't have it, they must be bad. And instead of this, quote, earned it, as if just showing up for work or, quote, working hard, you have to provide value. So wealth, stuff, goodness, whatever, as far as money goes, should be judged on those who earned it. It could be very objective. When you earn something, you have a a rule. You have a guideline. When this happens, then you deserve this. As opposed to this very, well, look at him. He works hard. Well, everybody should work hard. What's the difference? But if you work hard at something that isn't valuable, monetarily speaking, because it's not difficult. How difficult is it to learn to wash a dish? It's not that difficult. That's why it was always a starter job for college kids or high school kids. Take that same child and say, okay, you're in charge of the nuclear reactor that's going to launch this thing to Mars. You go, whoa. How old are you again? Oh, I'm 17. Well, no, you would not put that child in charge of a job that is more difficult and the qualifications take longer to achieve, right? Because in this world, you should pay that person more money because fewer can do it. It's more difficult to eventually learn that skill, and it takes longer to be certified, to be educated, whatever it might be, than somebody where you give them a 15-minute, hey, here's what you do with the dishes. Hey, this is how you flip a burger. When you speak like that, you are racist. I know. Because if you work in a hamburger restaurant and you flip a hamburger, it isn't difficult. It takes a while. you got to learn. you got to learn the rules. But to pay somebody more money because they are a better person or because they have multiple kids or because they're a single mom or dad, it doesn't matter. That, that has nothing to do with the skill set. The hamburger doesn't become more valuable because of the person who's flipping it. right? If the president of the United States flipped a hamburger, uh, it's still hamburger flipping. They can still only charge a few dollars for the hamburger. It doesn't, do you, I mean, do you get it? Now, why are political figures are not screaming this concept, and I'm sure they can have better analogies and metaphors. I get it. Maybe they're better at this than me, more eloquent, whatever you want to call it. Then why aren't they screaming that from the mountaintops? Hey, guys, I get the whole minimum wage thing. Everybody wants to make more money for doing the same job. Who doesn't? But if the job doesn't change, right, if my mom was to do a job and she worked uh, for me, and, and she's an amazing lady, and I would give her my heart and my life. The job doesn't become more money. I might pay her more because she's my mom, but that has nothing to do with the job being better. Like, hey, answering phones. Hey, uh, computer entry, whatever. So don't think the person is better or worse because they are paid more or less. Because they are not. Rich and poor, wealthy and broke, that is not about the dignity of the human being. It is not about the quality of who they are as a person, right? They can be an amazing human being 
and work at a job that, that is janitorial in nature and it has a certain pay and that's it. But they still could be one of the most wise human beings you might ever meet. So don't ever compute in your mind more money must equal a better human being. Of course not. I think you have problems. when I think that's your Rorschach test. I think that's your problem. When you think that and you try to force it on everybody else, it's the same thing. It's why the Democrat Party has been one of the most racist parties in the history of, the, of this country. And, and today the group is even larger because everywhere they look, everybody's racist. And all of us are going, well, really? Well, I don't see that. You go, huh. Then it must be them. And the sooner the elite media comes out and says it, maybe, just maybe, things are going to change. Who knows? Hey, listen, a lot of this comes from our colleges and universities where people are paid lots of money for, quote, sabbaticals. Right? What is a sabbatical? Every seven years, they take a year off. Sabbatical is a, is a derivation of the, of the word seven. In Arabic, it's sabah. Okay, so it's, it comes from Latin, I don't know. But it is a derivation of the word seven, meaning that if you're a professor, if you're a tenured professor, every seven years you can ask for a year off, oh, by the way, with pay, so you can go improve your studies. Go out and become Indiana Jones. Go to the archaeological site and, and, and uncover something new so you can come back and be more important to the university, to the student body. Except today, guess what? Hey, surprise, information comes to you. Now, I don't know about every single field, but so far I haven't found one that isn't on the Internet. So what used to be where they would say, well, I've read in a book about this place in India and who knows, and I'm studying, so I'm going to try to uncover what it is. So I'm going to be gone for a year. Well, no, now you just go, hey, what is that? And you put it in your, your search engine and surprise, you can have everything you need to know about it. And yet, in many corners of the world, professors and faculty are sent away to go learn. Look, whatever, as long as it's all negotiated, the problem I have is in order to pay those people, somebody has to borrow money. Oh, it's called the students. So when professors and faculty are paid, in some cases, massive amounts of money, and look, the, the truth is, and to be fair to the professors, fewer and fewer of them are becoming full-time, and more and more money is going to the faculty. Community college in, in the Santa Clarita Valley, the, I don't know what she calls herself, Chancellor, Grand Poobah, whatever it is, $40,000 a month. Community college. You know, I, I didn't say Harvard, right? Community. Nearly $40,000 a month. Now, listen, a lot of you are important people. But can you be that important? Listen, if you work for an XYZ company and they've decided that they're going to pay you $10 million a year to manage it, well, heck, it's a, it's a company. If the people don't want to buy the products, then they shouldn't pay you. If the folks are saying, well, that product or service is amazing, I love that, uh, I'm going to pay them more money. Fantastic. But when you are taking, literally at gunpoint in some cases, ask the IRS Enforcement Division, 
when you are taking money from people at gunpoint and you're giving it to others, right? You're robbing Peter to pay Paul. Do you think the Democrat establishment in education, uh, government services, uh, Caltrans and on and on, do you think any of them are going to say, stop paying me? Listen, I have good friends and clients and family that work in all these places. The individual isn't bad, but they're not going to vote to hurt themselves. You wouldn't. So we have leadership that we have to trust to say, come on, guys. Somebody with a little logic, common sense, and math, look, all you really need is a calculator. It's not difficult. So here's my prediction to you. Colleges and universities, I think in the next five to ten years, about 25%, maybe more, depending on when the dominoes start to fall, it could impact a lot more. I think 25% of the colleges and universities in five to ten years will be no more. Gone. So you say, well, what does that mean? Well, some of them will shut their doors. I've seen it. There's been a few. ITT Tech, some of the, uh, the canaries in the, in the mine shaft. Right? There was a big university, uh, international university down in San Diego, uh, Poway area. Great, great schools, some of these. Alliant, if I'm not mistaken. But many of them have gone out of business. But they're just the onesies, twosies. Oh, I don't know if you know this. But there are public colleges and universities, as we speak, going out of business across the country. As this is happening, what does that mean to you? Well, number one, you paid for a product. You paid for a product that is no longer going to be delivering. And that is a, a college, a university education. What if you're in a, in a business uh, environment and you said, I reimburse my students to attend uh, or my employees to attend college, right? We see that. A lot of Fortune 500 companies. A lot of them, Fortune 500 companies, go along a path and say, we'll give you $5,000 a semester We'll give you, we'll reimburse up to 10000 whatever their number is. Since 2016, ready for a list? Let me give you just one or two. Ah, maybe a few more. We'll see the mood. How many nonprofit colleges and, un- nonprofit colleges and universities have gone out of business? Alabama Southern Community College, community college, out of business. American Jewish University, oh, that's here in California. That's done. Well, they say temporarily, but probably won't reopen. Armstrong State University, that's in Georgia. We have some in Connecticut. Uh, the Boston Conservatory in Massachusetts, done. Well, it merged. Because I think that's going to happen a lot, too. You're going to have the healthier institutions that have money, that have fundraising ability, as the student loan uh coffers are going to dry up, you're going to have other universities that are going to say, we'll take your assets, we'll take your stuff, you've mortgaged your buildings, because that's the secret, ready for a dirty secret in the university world? They mortgage their buildings to pay pension plans. They take out loans for construction. From the moment I drove a car at 16 years old, I had driven from the San Fernando Valley into the UCLA Westwood because I went with some friends to Westwood. From that moment until today, 
Every single time I've driven by UCLA, there has been construction, 100% of the time. And just so you know, that's about 35 years. And there has been construction. When does it end? Never. It's the Winchester house, right? The Winchester house. The lady was a little wacky. And so she was told by a a psychic that she had to keep building. And when she stopped building, she would die. So she kept building onto this house. Another community college in Connecticut. Well, these are supposed to be rich places run by Democrats. Coleman University, done, closed, California. Oh, how about this one? This is kind of fun. Indiana Tech Law School, closed. Jefferson Davis Community College. Oh, it's merged. John Wesley University, North Carolina. On and on. Do you see, here's the problem. Because here's what I see as an issue. The biggest issue is not so much, oh, well, they closed. Who cares? Right? A tree fell in the woods in, the, in northern Mongolia. Man, we didn't hear it. We don't care. Move on. Next. You think it's that. Unless you're in the middle of tuition, you're in your second year, and the school closes. And the new institution you want to attend says, sorry, we're full. Oh, sorry, we don't accept half of those credits. Oh, sorry, uh, you're going to have to pay more money. Sorry, the prepaid tuition that you did, right? Some of you prepaid tuition because there were those programs in the 80s and 90s, 90s and 2000s. Prepaid tuition. Well, what if it's a school or university that doesn't exist anymore? Some of you have student loans that you've taken out to pay this. And do you still have to pay them back? If the college doesn't exist anymore, if I graduated two years ago and the college goes out of business today, do I still have to pay back the student loan? The short answer is, oh, yes, heck yeah. Why? Because you don't owe the money to the school. You owe the money to the federal government. The difference is this, you guys. If you're a retiree and you go, eh, a tree fell in Inner Mongolia. It means nothing to me. I'm not in school. My kids are done with their college. I don't even live by the school. I don't even, I've never been on that campus. And you say, well, it doesn't matter to me. Oh, yes, it does. Because the pension system may have, if it's part of a city, state, or county, obligations that the taxpayers have to pay. It may be that the trickle-down theory, who do you think has the money? The students? No, they don't. Surprise. <laughs> it's you. And when I spoke at the beginning of the hour about unearned income, I, I really believe that's going to be some sort of a special assessment. It's only for five years. Right? It's just like a drug. Try to give a politician, state or, or federal, any kind of money and say it's temporary. Look at sales tax. There is no such thing as a temporary tax. Politicians spend that money and then a little bit more. So you give them a little bit more, and then they spend that and a little bit more. Because instead of thinking like when Donald Trump entered office, he said, for every regulation, you're going to have to get rid of two. For every new dollar we're going to spend, we're going to have to cut two. That's a big deal. 
No wonder the, po- the political system, no wonder the career uh, government employees are really ticked off at him. But instead of looking at the greater good and saying, hey, guys, you know, we can't afford to leave like this. It's been a nice run. We've done well. My job has bought us a house. Hey, kids, I've had a wonderful life, but it's time to tighten the belt because really I'm one of those guys on a fourth floor, third window from the left on that, ho- on that building off, you know, outskirts of, uh, of D.C. that really don't do anything. I mean, I do, but not really. I just show up and my boss likes me because, you know, I get him a card for his birthday. I laugh at his jokes. I think his grandkids are amazing. Oh, my gosh. And I tell him that. And so they don't fire me. They know I have four years left until my pension, so I just stay in my desk and exist. Do you know how many state and government and federal workers are there? Now, listen, there's many, many that are amazing, that don't exist, uh, that the country and, and the state government doesn't exist without them. So don't be a fool and run around and say, well, he said this, so it must apply to everybody. That's ignorance. And now you know, dishonesty. Right? What, are you going to be CNN and cut out part of what I'm saying? And then try to make it fit into whatever narrative and your, your biases? Listen, there's some really good people. You can't exist without the police and fire department. And yes, it costs us taxpayers money. I'm willing to pay for that. But to pay to sit, have six people watch one guy dig a hole and fill a pothole, I, I have a problem with that. To drive, drive by at 10 a.m. and see three people sitting down and one guy is working, I have a problem with that. Look at what we did during the earthquake. How quickly did Los Angeles get back on their feet? We had a Republican mayor. We had Republicans, a lot of them, on city council. We had a Republican governor. Quickly, Los Angeles got back on their feet. Then, fast forward to the San Francisco earthquake when Candlestick Park rocked. Remember that? I was up there years later, (laughs) and that double-decker freeway was still collapsed. It looked like a war zone, right? It looked like you'd been to to Beirut or or Afghanistan or Iraq or something. Wow, look at all that cement on top of each other. That's the double-decker. What's that from? Oh, well, that's from the San Francisco earthquake of so long ago. Ah, Six to eight months, the infrastructure, the government infrastructure of Los Angeles was nearly 100% back on track from my recollection. When the earthquake happened in San Francisco, eh, everybody was fighting over who's going to, what brother-in-law, right? When you have somebody like Diane Feinstein, whose husband took... $100 million from the train to nowhere. $100 million. They already, you realize she has, she's worth around $400 million, her and her husband. $400 million. That's just public. I don't know what it is, maybe more or less. And in the whole United States, the whole world, they couldn't find somebody who could be the surveying company that gets the first check of $100 million. And just because they, they wouldn't have, you know, it'll just, I get it, I have a pretty good company. It just looks a little yucky. So I'm, I'm going to pass on, on this bill. 
or on, you know, on this uh, contract. Instead, the arrogance to say, well, of course I deserve that money, give it to me. And the same U.S. senator who had a Chinese spy in her office for 20-plus years, her driver, her assistant, was a spy for the Chinese government. Do you guys understand how important this stuff is? Senate Armed Services Committee, Senate Intelligence Committee, files that would be on desks, keys to rooms that only a few people could go into. This man had everything. And that's the arrogance. Those are the people that are passing the taxes. Do I think they're going to go after you as a retiree? Oh, heck yeah. There is no reason for them not to. So please prepare. Meet with your CPA, your tax advisor, your, your financial planner. Meet with somebody and plan because I don't know what they're going to do. But I think they're going to go after you because you're the one with the money. That is just logical. So please be careful. If you'd like our help, we might be able to help keep some or part of your money safe. 888 retire That's 888-997-3847. 888-99-RETIRE. I'm Arif Hallaby at Total Financial Solutions and TFS Financial Insurance Services. This is the Total Financial Hour on AM870, The Answer. Strategy. Learn from Arif Halabi. Learn about financial power. The total financial hour. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.